Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is a little spooky, a podcast about things that scare us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you're at a funeral and you fart and a little bit comes out. My name is Everett. And I'm Colleen. <laughs> How are you doing, Colleen? Good. I have been thinking... Like we live in Minnesota. We live in northern Minnesota, like the minnesota yest part of Minnesota. Sure. Do you ever feel like you're not Minnesotan enough? I mean, I didn't grow up in Minnesota, so yes. Yeah, but we've been here for like a solid, what, six years, sure. seven years? Yeah. yeah. And I just feel, I still feel like a Wisconsinite behind enemy lines. Like I've been practicing my my Minnesota accent. Like I, like I don't speak enough Minnesotan. I've never had tater tot hot dish. Oh, I have. In Minnesota? No, in Wisconsin. They're really not that different, Colleen. They are because Minnesota belongs to the Norwegians. And the Minnesota get racist. Here. <laughs> the Minnesota accent is far different from the Wisconsin accent. Okay. Well, Minnesota, you got like, oh, it's cold in a dog's nose out there, isn't it? Heavens to Betsy. I mean, it's the same thing in Wisconsin. No, because Wisconsin is like, oh, that's a little pricey now. It's this literally the same thing. You just want to pitch higher. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I realize I think I don't feel Minnesotan because I grew up in Wisconsin and Wisconsin, as everybody knows, belongs to the Germans. Are you saying you want to move back to Wisconsin? Our families would be very happy. No, I don't want to move back to Wisconsin. But I do want to talk about something German. You see what I did? Did I seg my segue? Can I guess what? Yeah. Hmm. Christmas is over, so not Krampus or Belschnickel. Hmm. I hope it doesn't have to do with World War II. Fingers crossed. Today, we are going to discuss the doppelganger. Yeah, I'm sorry to anybody who's even remotely German. I just felt like I kind of had to do it that way. I speak a little German. Ich spreche nur ein wenig Deutsch. Doppelganger. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I am fascinated by the subject. It actually scares me a lot. So. Yeah. And okay, let me start with like a quick complaint as I start all things in my life. Okay. <laughs> um, I started doing research on this bad boy, and I was excited. Because wouldn't you know it, people on the internet have the darnest stories. But when I did the Google, the only thing, like the first things that come up are, who's your celebrity doppelganger? Yeah. Who's your doppelganger? That's not surprising. Could you ever meet your doppelganger? And I'm like, can we, ha can we call this something else, please? Does that, do you have to call somebody who vaguely looks like you your doppelganger? I don't think you understand the severity. Well, and of also that that's just term. the misuse of the term, isn't it? I'm sure you'll get into that, but I don't think that's what a doppelganger even is. Correct. Well, yes. Correct. Yeah. Unless the person that vaguely looks like you is trying to steal you, your identity. Yeah, even then. But one thing that made me that I just thought was stupid. According to Wikipedia, doppelganger refers to a biologically unrelated lookalike. But for the paranormal sense of the word, they want you to use the phrase twin stranger. That's 
the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Isn't it? That'd be like me naming myself Everett and then deciding that your name is Jimothy. That's kind of what a doppelganger would do, right? No. You don't know anything about doppelgangers. Well, I'm here Tell to me. educate Tell you. Me. <laughs> okay. A doppelganger is... Ganger. Doppelganger is, in all senses, a twin stranger. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, sure. Okay. you tell what. What is your understanding of what a doppelganger is? So obviously, and like anyone that isn't even remotely familiar with the term doppelganger, it's someone that looks like you. But in my mind, there's always something a little more nefarious involved. So what I always think of with a doppelganger is it's a creature or alien or being of some kind that takes on your appearance and tries to get rid of you to take your spot. So basically like trying to steal your life. Hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, that could be one sense. Sure. But it's always going to be someone that looks like you. Yes. That is not related to you. Yes. In fact, I wouldn't say they look like you. They are you. Right. Yeah. A copy. Yes. The concept of a doppelganger has essentially, it spans centuries and cultures. Mm -hmm. There are dozens and dozens of cultures across all time periods that have had different forms of what you might interpret as a doppelganger. Yeah. Like in ancient Egypt, a ka was a physical double of a person that had the same memories and feelings as you. So it's basically you twice. Like, almost like a parallel universe. Right. It's like the idea of a person being in two places at once, but that person is not conscious of the fact that they're also in the other location. You know Sabrina? Chilly the Adventures of Sabrina? In the last season where she's the queen of hell, but she's also... Um, mm -hmm. In the regular world. Yeah. That's essentially a Ka. She has all of the same memories and feelings, but she's in two completely separate locations living two completely separate lives. So it's like if you're a, a cell and you split in mitosis, like it's literally the same thing. It's just you've now created two beings, like one butted off of you, but you're the same. Yeah, that's kind of how I understood it. Sure. Norse mythology. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this word. A Vardoger. A Vardoger. Oh, God. <laughs> It's a ghost devil that can be seen doing a person's actions in advance. Oh. So kind of like a premonition. Okay. That's so, kind of cool. Yeah. In Finnish mythology, the same concept is called a first comer. But in Finnish, I'm not even going to try that word. Right. And it's the same, essentially the same concept. It's like a, a premonition of what you are going to do before you do it. And in British, Cornish, and Norman folklore... There's a version of the doppelganger called the Anku. Oh, I, I think I've heard of this. Well, in all the reading that I did about it, there's such a wide variation as to what the Anku actually is, that it's either the Grim Reaper or a doppelganger. But either way, it's like a harbinger of death. It basically is an omen that you are about to die or it's coming to take you to death. Right. <laughs> to the afterlife. Okay. But there's tons more in a bunch of other cultures, but you get the gist. All over the world, the idea of you, but not you. It's very uncanny and unnatural, unsettling, and just creepy. Yes, it's just, it's interesting to me that completely unrelated cultures would have such similar mythology that it makes me think what experiences were people having 
Well, and I don't think it's that strange, really, just because, you know, everyone is afraid of the same things instinctually. So if someone looks like you, like you're immediately going to be unsettled by that because it's like an exact copy. That's just very odd. Well, I actually read in an article, one of those dumb articles about celebrity doppelgangers, that there's like a one in 135 chance that somebody on Earth looks pretty much exactly like you. Just playing odds like. Yes. But I mean, we're not talking exact. Right. Copy, but it just but... looks like passably like you. Right. Right. I don't, I, don't... I, I, I would believe that. I mean. It's probably coming from what, like Vanity Fair, one of those types of I websites. I don't remember. Like, I mean, it, I glanced. Yeah. I mean, in my case, it's a 100% chance that there's someone out there who looks exactly like me. Don't dox your twin. And that would be my twin. <laughs> Her address is just kidding. Okay, for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to go with the traditional, modern, kind of accepted definition of a doppelganger. And that is somebody who is you, but not. Right. It's not you projecting in another location. It's something else that looks like you. Yes. Yeah. These doppelgangers are not always seen by the person themselves, but they might be seen by family members or friends or somebody else instead, which kind of goes back to that Norse mythology. Perhaps a family member sees somebody doing something before it actually happens. Or it's just they're noticed by friends and family and then that person brings it up to you, but like, oh, I never did that or I never yeah. said that. Yeah. So when seen by somebody else other than the person themselves, <laughs> this is going to get confusing. When the person whose doppelganger it is. Yeah. The subject. When, that, when, when the subject is being yeah. copied. Yes. Yeah, so when the doppelganger is seen by somebody else, generally it's, it seems to almost always be an omen of death. That that person you just saw is going to die in the near future. It, it seems. Wait, wait. The the doppelganger is going to die, or the one that's being copied is going to die. One that's being copied. Okay. So See, and that's why I thought too that they're there to replace you. Like, wouldn't that be the next logical step? You're going to die, so they can take your place. Well, generally, they see the doppelganger. It's kind of like a ghost or a vision, and then it disappears and then the person eventually dies. So basically you're witnessing a person before they die. And actually, now that I think about this, I remember my mom telling me a story about my great grandmother. And mom, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry if I completely butcher this story, but my great grandmother had many children, some of whom were fighting away fighting in world war two. And she was ironing one day at home and she saw the body of her son laid out on the ironing board and then it disappeared. And then some short time later, she got a knock on the door with two service members coming to tell her that her son had died. Hmm. That's kind of what I mean. Right. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call that a doppelganger, but it is definitely a premonition. Well, in most cases of doppelgangers, that's kind of what it is. It's really? less of a of a sentient being. And just someone taking the form. And just something that's taking the form of, of okay. a person. Okay. However, other than being an omen, there's also, like you were thinking, the concept of an evil twin. Um, sure. That, I, wouldn't, I wasn't even thinking of it in those terms, but yes, but that's that makes sense. that's the easiest way to describe yeah. it. Like, that per- doppelganger is not there to foreshadow your death, but basically just to fuck up your life right so they wreak havoc they pretend to be you and 
many times they will attempt to contact you because they want to give you advice, like malicious advice, leads right. you astray, potentially lead to your death. And that's why you should never attempt to communicate with your doppelganger and why I almost never speak to my twin sister. Aww. She's always trying to lead I me I won't astray. say her name, but poor Colleen's sister. <laughs> just kidding. That's not I just very talk, nice. I just talked to her earlier today. Hashtag love you. One thing that came up in my research is people tend to confuse the concept of doppelganger with the concept of bilocation. Bilocation is the psychic ability to project yourself into a second location. Sure. And that projection is called a wraith. That's not a doppelganger. Right. Yep. The original person, as far as I know, is aware that that second person exists. Right. Yep. There's actually a famous example of this that happened in 1622 in New Mexico. The native Hamano people had never encountered Spaniards or Europeans of any kind before, but they were carrying crosses and observing Roman Catholic rituals and even knew an entire liturgy in their native tongue when a Spanish priest named Alonso de Benavides encountered them. Weird. Yep, he was super confused, and especially since these people were completely off the European radar until now. Technically, they say they had only recently discovered these people, but, like, can you discover someone in their own house? It's like me breaking into your house and being like, you right. didn't exist you know, now. I guess there's, it's hard to come up with <laughs> it's a just, separate it's term. It's the wrong wording. Yeah. Anyways, when he communicated with these people whom he had never met before and presumably had never met Europeans or white people of any kind before. They said a lady in blue came along like a bunch of years ago and taught them about Christianity. Like they already know. Somebody was already here. Now, if I was a 17th century Spanish priest, I would have been like, whoa, the Virgin yeah, Mary I was gonna came say down. That. Yes. But this guy was more skeptical. He was like, this ain't, this ain't a blooming miracle. I got to figure out what this is. So he returned to Spain and he did a thorough investigation like asking everybody, like, have you heard of these people before? Have you been right. there? like, what's the dealio? It turns out that Sister Mary of Jesus, a nun in Agreda, Spain, had regularly been falling into trances where she had visions of being in North America teaching the gospel. And she was even able to provide highly detailed descriptions of these people, their customs, unique clothing, and even their language, despite never having heard of them or been to North America before. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't have learned it from somebody else. And that is bilocation. She is right. aware that there is a form of her going on to another so, location. So you, I don't know if you'll have the answer to this, but what is the difference between this and astral projecting? It's kind of the same idea, the same concept. I don't know much about astral projecting, but I always thought that in astral projecting, you're moving on to another plane of existence. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Whereas a, by location, you're it just seems like you're just going to another location. location okay. So, and then one other question. When you describe the wraith, is the wraith the manifestation, like the spiritual manifest manifestation that you're becoming when you're going to a second place? Or are you just called a wraith when you're able to do that? It's the second person. Okay, so the lady in blue that appeared to these natives was the wraith. Yes. If you're to believe So, this. like, the lady in Spain, not a wraith. Her projection, wraith. Right. Yeah. Doppelgangers, 
not the same. You don't know about your doppelganger. You don't know they exist. They're a completely separate being from you. They just happen to also be you. Right. On the surface, this all kind of seems like garbage to me, like just a urban, like a bad urban legend. I mean, it, it, the the doppelgangers as a whole, or the concept of yes, it just it seems to me like an urban legend, especially when you get into the like omens of death part. It seems less like a doppelganger and more of like a ghost. Yeah, that's true. More more spiritual rather than like aliens or something. Right. So, I mean, not too spooky. I, I, mean, I personally, hey, but- hey, don't say not too spooky, though, because personally, and I'm just going to butt in here and say the concept of doppelgangers is one of the things that terrifies me the most. Well, you interrupted me too soon. I'm sorry. I was just about to say one of the scariest things in a horror movie is when somebody is looking in the mirror and their reflection does something, does something that they didn't do. Right. That is doppelganger. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Oh, yes. And that shit's spooky, man. Can you like even imagine somebody out there pretending to be you? They look exactly like you. They're living your life. They're talking to your friends, but they're not you. I have. Like, what if you were you did something? You went to go hang out with your friends and they were like, we never want to see you again. Or like you, you were just you were in our bathtub. Yeah, like you were just <laughs> here and you slapped my girlfriend or yeah, something. Right. That it's a scary concept, but to me, still not super believable. Spooky, but not believable. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's believable, but if it were, that would be one of the scariest things I could imagine. Right. Well, here's where I'm about to blow your mind. There have been dozens, if not hundreds, of instances of alleged doppelgangers occurring. Most of the stories that I found, you can't corroborate them because it's a person seeing their yeah. own doppelganger. And usually I mean, just from one source, like one statement. Exactly. But I found a few that were particularly convincing to me. One that is like particularly interesting is Percy Shelley, a.k.a. Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. Husband. Her husband. Yep. On June 23rd, 1822, he started having visions of his house collapsing in a flood. One day soon after that, he was on the terrace of his house when he noticed there was somebody else there. He turned around and it was him. And his doppelganger walked up to him, looked him in the eye and said, how long do you mean to be content? I don't Hmm. necessarily know what that means. Like, how long you plan on being happy for? my, My interpretation when you said that was... So how much longer do you think you can uh, keep up the charade? Like, something like be. that. Like what, making him think he's the doppelganger. Right. Now, that whole thing is creepy, but if he had been having visions previously, you could imagine that his doppelganger was just a vis- figment of his imagination. Was right. His yep. But there was an acquaintance named Jane Williams who also saw the doppelganger around the same time, but on a different day. She was standing on that same terrace looking down and she saw Percy walking past a window, like away from her, past a window towards somewhere else. Yes. There's nothing strange about that. But seconds later, she saw him coming from the same direction, walk past the same window into the same direction. So basically, she saw the same thing happen exactly twice in a matter of seconds. Yeah. You could assume that he just like sprinted around and then walked past as like a joke. But according to Mary Shelley, there's no way he could have done that because the way he was walking 
was blocked by a 20-foot wall. So he would have to climb a 20-foot wall, drop down, sprint back around the house, and casually walk past the window again in a matter of seconds. Okay. And even then, he'd have to have super speed. But because I said earlier, when somebody else sees your doppelganger, it's usually an omen of death. He drowned in a bay in Italy on July 8th. The, the, the acquaintance did? Nope. Percy Shelley. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, in this case, the doppelganger was omen of death. So when someone else sees the doppelganger, then you die. Yes. Or oh. that's, that seems to be the pattern. Interesting, because I thought it was when you see your own doppelganger, that's when you're about to die. No, it seems to be when somebody else sees it. And I kind of feel like it's less of a doppelganger and more of like a vision of the last time you'll see this person. You're being allowed to view this person one last time before they die. That's kind of what it feels like. Like in the case of my great grandmother, she sees her son. Sure. Yeah. I almost feel like they should be two separate things. This kind of like timeline type thing where it's like a weird gap in time and you see the future or see the past or something like that versus the evil twin thing. I feel like they're just two completely separate things. Yes and no. The evil twin thing, I couldn't find any evidence of. I think that's the scariest. And that's I I, I guess the it. reason I like that version so much is just because it's the subject of so many horror movies and like yep. books and stuff. I but, think that one is harder to remain mysterious but but at the same time it's not though because like if they were able to get rid of the original and the copy takes over then like how would that ever be found out that's a good right true i don't know i'm just saying they're two like they're two similar things but also very different i mean sorry to disappoint you most of these are not evil twin stories that's too bad it's it's really hard to find (laughs) but here's another story suggesting that doppelgangers are not evil or ghosts, but they're actually time travelers. Yeah. Ultimate, ultimate dimension. That's what I was thinking when you were kind of describing this. So a man named Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. I'm going to call him Johann. He was an 18th century poet in Germany, and he was having an affair with a young lady. As he was traveling to her house, he saw a man dressed in a gray suit trimmed in gold. And the man looked at him and then walked a couple steps and then disappeared. Hmm. Eight years later, Johan was traveling on that exact same road to visit the exact same lady. Is it a fair if it's lasted for eight years? At that point, she's your girlfriend. Well, yeah, unless he's still with the original yeah. wife or girlfriend. Valid point, right. Anyways, as he was traveling on that same road, he looked down and he noticed that he was wearing the exact same gray suit trimmed in gold that that man was wearing earlier. It's so weird to, like, remember that exact insignificant instance. Well, I think it was significant in the fact that the man vanished in front of him. Yeah. You'd think, though, he might have recognized his own features a little bit. I don't know. I look at myself a lot. So this this was his doppelganger, though. That's the assumption. And this is another one. There's no corroborators. It's sure, just he tends his story tends to be told a lot. Okay. So he didn't even notice it possibly looking like him. He just saw a spirit be there and then vanish twice, right. eight years apart. No, 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 no. It didn't appear the second time. He was the person wearing the suit oh, the second time. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was kind of uh I guess you could say a premonition of, from the future, or maybe his somebody from an alternate dimension 
beamed down. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like the opposite of deja vu, yes. too, where it's like, it is a premonition. So it's like, weird, I've experienced this before. Wait, I literally have. And then yes. you remember it. Yeah. Weird. I wonder, they never mention him seeing himself in the carriage right. traveling down the road. Right. That would have made it more interesting, me <laughs> thinks. Okay. Those two stories are good. They're fa- they're fascinating. Sure. But this one, this is the most interesting, and this one is actually the most well-documented, and it has a lot of witnesses story of a doppelganger. This is the story of Emily Sauget, and I was originally going to do this whole episode about her because it's super interesting, but there's just not enough information to make it like a full episode. Okay. So this is going to have to be enough. Emily Sauget was a French woman teaching at a girls' school in Latvia in 1845. Okay. It was just a small school. I think there were probably like 50 kids, 40, 40 or 50 girls. One day, she's teaching her kids in a regular classroom. It's got the blackboard in the front. The kids are all in desks mm-hmm. behind her. As she was writing, her exact double appeared right next to her, copying the exact same movements she was doing, only the double didn't have a piece of chalk. Weird. And it looked exactly like her. It wasn't like a ghostly image. It was her next to her. There were two of her. Just one without the chalk. Yes. And 13 students witnessed this. Wow. And were able to corroborate it. However, Emily Sanger was unlucky because her doppelganger kept showing up throughout her life. It wasn't just a one and done thing like all of the other stories. Right. And Almost every time there were witnesses. In fact, she never actually saw her own doppelganger. But it was clearly following her around because for the next 16 years of her life, she was fired from 18 different teaching jobs for just being too darn spooky. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. It happened at 18 different jobs. So that's crazy. But here's here's another instance of her doppelganger showing up. And this one had the most witnesses at 42 people witnessing this. The next year, 1846, so the year after the original appearance, the entire school was sat at long tables inside, kind of like Hogwarts. I was just going to say yes, that. Yes, yeah. the whole school is sitting at these long tables. And right outside... Emily was picking flowers out of the school garden and all of the kids could see her. There were big there was this big window. Okay. So, you know, the kids are all sitting there. If they look out the window, they see her picking flowers. It's she, she she's there. Sure. No, she's there. Yeah. As the students are like working on their stuff, the teacher temporarily leaves the room to go talk to the headmistress. And this is a separate teacher. Yep. So it's one teacher teaching a class. Emily's outside picking flowers. Got it. So the teacher leaves to go talk to the headmistress, and when she left. Emily appeared in the chair. And at the exact same time, the real Emily could be seen picking flowers outside. So Mm. 42 people could see her both in front of them at the head of the tables and outside the window. Two of the students even went up to go touch it to see if it was real. Like it was just sitting there blankly staring. Creepy. Yep. Um, Apparently there was some sort of weird resistance when they got close to her. So they couldn't actually touch her. This happened several more times, and she got fired from that job, too, because... Too spooky. Yeah. Which one are they supposed to pay? Which one earns the salary? <laughs> Wait, so my my question is, 
what what is the the goal of this doppelganger? That's, see, that's my problem with all of this. I understand the the time one makes sense if it's just like kind of a glitch or like a, yes, just a I weird time travel omens. type thing. I can understand that being like a ghost. Yeah, whether you believe it or not, there, there yes. there's a point to it. I don't understand the point of Emily Sages unless hers was legitimately an evil twin trying to fuck up her life. Yeah, it's just like it would have to be some kind of like spirit or like otherworldly type thing if it's able to appear and then disappear. Right. So what's what's it trying to do? Is it having trouble staying like solid long enough to? Or are, was there like some sort of cross between universes? Sure. People were able to see. It's just, it's, it's, I can't think of anything more eerie than somebody who looks exactly like me appearing next to me and doing exactly what I'm doing, but like without the tools, you know, like writing next to me, but without chalk. And she apparently was following exactly the same motions and movements. So it was. It's almost like an AI learning or something like that. It could be anything. But almost every occurrence has witnesses and corroborators. And you, and you said that she never even witnessed her own doppelganger. No. So, like, how would she be able to make this all up if she didn't even see it? Right. I mean, they would unless all have she to paid be in off. Cahoot. Yeah, I was going to say, like, and yeah, if they're doing it together, but unlikely if she had 18 different jobs. Right. So that one's the most interesting to me. But what about this one? What about Abraham Lincoln? You hear about this one? You hear about this one? I, I've heard that the White House is haunted with his ghost. That's a famous story. Nah. Nah. This is, how, this is how this one goes. You'd trust Lincoln, wouldn't you? I mean... you trust what Lincoln tells you. More than Trump, yeah. <laughs> right, but more than any, like, random dude off the street, right? Like, if somebody was like, yeah. hey, I saw my doppelganger, and Lincoln said, hey, I saw my doppelganger, that's, you that's believe true. Lincoln. That's true, yes, I would. Okay. Well, on the night of his inauguration, he looked into a full-length mirror, and he noticed that he had two reflections, which, you know, wigged him out. But obviously, he was like, I'm tired. I just got inaugurated. This is my first day as president. Yeah. I'm just going to go lay down. So he laid down in bed, but as he laid down, he saw his doppelganger in the room again, and it looked exactly like him, only it was about five shades paler, and it looked more sickly. Hold on. I have to interrupt. Are these coming, like, from his diaries or something? This like, is where is this? Wife. Okay. Postmortem, like, after he died? That I don't, I wasn't there. Well, I know, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, if the, if these stories actually came from Abraham Lincoln, because I feel like I should have heard about this before. Well, okay. He told his wife, who originally assumed that it meant he would be elected to a second term, because she kind of took it as an omen, like, there's two of you. This is your inauguration night. This is an omen. You're going to, you're going to be lucky. Okay. You're going to go to a second term. But... After thinking about it for a while, she determined that, you know, one of them was way paler and more sickly looking yeah. than the real Lincoln. So yeah. it was an omen of death. And of course, he never made it to a second term. So you trust him, huh? Honest I mean, Lincoln? I mean, honest? more honest, Abe? honest, more more than most presidents. Yes, I I guess my only question still is like, did she make this up? Like, why? What would she have to gain from it? Well, yeah, what would she have to gain from it? Because Abraham Lincoln was already incredibly famous. That's and he's true. already well-loved. Like, he doesn't need more PR. That's true. It's just, there's always, like, especially with U.S. presidents, there's always, like, a folklore, like, surrounding yeah. the big ones. I've just never heard that before, and he's, like, you know, probably the second most famous U.S. president, so. Second? After Washington. 
There's a lot yeah, of those old tales of chopping down the cherry tree or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but that's and the provably wooden... false. I know. I'm, that's what I mean, though. Like, there's all those tales that are just literally fake stories. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is a fake story. It could be, but why do you have to bring down the moon? I'm not. The room sorry. Right I, I'm just. <laughs> for Okay. For those that are listening that don't know me too well, I love trivia, specifically U.S. history and presidential trivia, and I feel like I should have heard that before. Well, you so did, that's why, which I, means I'm smarter and better at research. Good job. More pr- beautiful. Proud of you. <laughs> so after the, I found a lot more stories. These were the most interesting ones. All of the other ones were, you know, omens of death. So I was trying to think of like, I'm sure there's an explanation for this. There's got to be some scientific explanation. For the Emily one? or wait, what? For just for doppelgangers in general. Oh, okay. Like what, yeah. what is it that science is saying? It has been posited, and honestly, it's probably true, that a doppelganger is a hallucination caused by a malfunction in your brain. Okay. Basically, a tumor or some other issue can cause your brain to lose its perception of being grounded in right now right now i shouldn't wouldn't say lose its perception of time but lose your perception of self-grounding self-awareness i suppose yeah and in that case you would lose the sense of being in your body and also if that were to happen i bet you're more susceptible to having a stroke or a seizure or something right so there was a story of a man who did not intend to commit suicide he survived but he jumped out of a fourth floor window because he saw himself standing next to the bed and he also saw himself in the bed so he was transferring back and forth from the person standing next to the bed and the person laying in the bed and he couldn't decide which one he was he just wanted it to stop so he jumped out of a window and they found a tumor in his brain that's weird Mm -hmm. that's like creepy yes and it was entirely like after analyzing the situation and talking to him he wasn't trying to kill himself right he was trying to break the cycle yeah like it's just like i like a weird response like what do i do what do i do and then just try to get out like it's a dream or something and it wasn't like he was laying in the bed and then he was standing up and then he was laying in the bed and then he was standing up he was actually like his consciousness felt like he was standing staring at himself and then instantly he would flicker in bed Staring up at himself. Yeah, so it's like him. he's both at the same time. Yes. Yeah. So that was caused, I, I believe he had a tumor in his brain and he was off of antipsychotics for a while. So clearly point towards science. Doppelganger's yeah, being yeah. hallucination. They've also done tests where volunteers will allow their brains to be probed with electrode things while they're still awake. Mm-hmm. because stimulating certain parts of the brain can cause an out-of-body experience, which, think about it, near-death experiences. A lot of people who have near-death experiences see themselves floating out of their bodies yeah. and see themselves from above. Maybe that is a case of some sort of electrostimulus in your brain during a traumatic event i made that up i didn't read that i mean i mean i mean it's i mean literally whatever it is it's something we don't understand so your guess is as good as most right but i argue it's not the same thing as a doppelganger not really in these instances you are aware that there are two of you you are aware that you used to be the other person or that you exist at the same time but the point of the doppelganger is the uncanny feeling of like that's me but like 
that's not me. Exactly. Like Emily Sage. Right. There were two of her. But right. she had no notion that this was going on. That's as close to an evil twin, I think, as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And those scientists, <laughs> they don't explain how other people would be able to see your doppelganger. The only explanation I have for that is that either a person saw someone who looked a lot like you. Or they were just confused. I mean, Or they were confused, right. Or it was a ghost. or or it was an alien the thing is that wouldn't make sense in Emily Sajay's case because all 42 students were sitting in the same room that's true but there's also what's it called mob mentality or like whatever that is like you know when it's it's easier to believe something when you're in a group setting right but I mean even girls going up to try to touch it there had to have been more than one person that saw it in the second instance, yes, I was thinking with the first one with the chalkboard, like maybe another teacher came in and was like playing a prank on Emily or something. And No, then... because she disappeared. Like she vanished. They specifically made a point of saying she did the motions and then vanished. Just unexplainable. That that one. See, even to me, even though that one is closer to an evil twin type story. It's still not, though. It's no. At the same time, it seems like it's kind of like a weird glitch in time space. Sorry to harsh your mellow, but no, it it's, really that, feels that like story the evil is a, twin doesn't well, really exist. No, it's just a movie thing. Speaking of, though, I have a couple movie recommendations about doppelgangers, if that's cool. Yeah. Just very quickly, because if you're more interested in the, the evil twin type doppelganger, I would watch The Double with Jesse Eisenberg. Um, that one's pretty good and there's also a movie i just watched a week or two ago called cam it's about a cam girl but like there's a weird double of her that takes her life and it's more of an ai type doppelganger thing but it was interesting kind of like a b-horror movie all right to wrap up my doppelganger speech wrap it up as with most of these kinds of phenomena science is able to recreate and explain mere aspects of it but there are crucial pieces missing and this leads me to not one but three conclusions one ghosts okay that pretty much answers everything no no it doesn't though sorry ghost shows up ghost writes on the chalkboard yeah but it, why would it look vanishes. like you because a ghost is a dead spirit of someone else so why would it look like what if it's like a malicious shapeshifty ghost but ghosts don't shapeshift okay tell me in the laws of nature where that's written i know down. but I'm, I'm just saying in all lore ghosts don't shapeshift like that's just another okay, type of, of being of demon demons maybe but they kind of possess bodies so. okay one is ghosts okay two the infinite universe theory Perhaps the people of one universe are able to travel between universes and for some reason are attracted to their alternate universe counterparts. Yeah, that I think that makes more sense. That makes more sense than ghosts? No, I mean, if you're to believe if you're to believe that theory, that line of thought, it makes more sense, especially with the story about Emily, why she would appear and disappear, where it's not like you're being attracted and communicating with your separate self from an alternate universe. It's more like. Other people are witnessing the universes converging, but then like diverging. Yeah, that's that's what I meant when I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) And my third theory, time travel. 
But that really only makes sense in the case of like Johan. Right. Certain circumstances. Right. So I don't know if I would even feel comfortable grouping all of these stories together, to be honest. That's what I was saying earlier. I know. They're different. Right. I just, they are all instances. They've all been referred to as doppelgangers or instances. I I don't doubt that. I'm just saying there should be a separate term for the different types of doubles. Right. I just, I feel like in the modern sense of doppelganger, evil twin, it just... I was not able to find any information. Right, I, it's literally just a movie. Thing. I know, but that's the spookiest one. Looking, but, in even, a but even scene. these stories are just as spooky, or not yeah. just as spooky, but very spooky because it's like I mean, it's very uncanny, like to have a double of yourself. Um, so well, I, that's it, doppelgangers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess everyone wants to move on. Well, I was just gonna say, if you're done, I have a listener story. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're interested, I'm interested. This one is from our very Good friend Chris, you may know him, host of many podcasts Saturday on this morning network. Cartoon Boom, uh, Party in Peril. So obviously, you know him, Chris. He sent us this story. He says, "So going off episode one, you two mentioned reoccurring nightmares. I've had one that literally happens only about once a decade, but it's been traumatizing as hell, so I never forget it. I was a kid the first time I had it, and it started like one of those dreams where you feel like you're falling through the bed." But I didn't jerk awake, and I kept slowly falling and feeling like I was passing through something in the dark, and I kept hearing this echoing laughter in the distance, like childish voices laughing from very far away. The thing that stuck out the most was this musical beat, uh, which I know seems very strange, and it was very bassy, something like a drum or a really thick string on a bass guitar, or something being plucked. Three notes were the same, and then the fourth was deeper. And it would repeat over and over. Let me know I, if that's close, Chris. I don't. I imagine it's not. I'm see if you've ever seen the movie The Langoliers, which is a Stephen King story. I think it's more like that, where it's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that would be way scarier than. Anyway, so... Anyways, Chris, let us know if that was accurate. (laughs) Anyway, whatever reason, it would terrify me to the point of panic attacks, even as a child. So fast forward, I have it again as a teenager, but this time things are louder and it lasted longer, and I felt like I was falling deeper. And the laughing was also a lot louder. It's so burned into my memory that I can remember exactly how the room looks when I woke up in it. In my 20s, I'm living in an apartment out of my own in a new state, and it happens again. But this time, something had grabbed my ankle and was pulling me downward rather than me sinking through, and the music and the laughter happened again, and it was louder, and the blackness started to give away to what seemed like the very edges of firelight of some kind before I woke up. I haven't had the nightmare again yet in my 30s, but like it seriously freaks me out to wonder how it will progress this time. Even just thinking about that bass tune in my head is enough to make me sick to my stomach. And then, um... I will also say that Colleen followed up and asked him if he's ever tried to recreate it, and he said he did try actually recreating it on his base, but it made him starting feel sick again. So, yeah, this one is interesting because we a while ago recorded an episode of a little spooky about near death experiences, and we scrapped it because um, honestly it was kind of boring. 
Maybe we'll revisit it. But there was one story in there about a near-death experience that wasn't, I floated out of my body towards a bright light. It was, I sunk down into hell, somebody grabbing my ankle and heard obnoxious, evil laughter. Right. And that's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah. Maybe he dies. Maybe he's got sleep apnea. And you die every time you have this dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, I forgot to mention this during our talk about doppelgangers, too. But with Emily, she never saw her doppelganger. But what if when she died, that was when she finally saw the doppelganger, if it was kind of the evil twin type thing or more of like a premonition of death type thing. What if it was a past life thing? Maybe. Or a premonition thing? You know what it seems to me? As a mental professional myself, clearly... <laughs> I one of my biggest fears is like is going insane. Like that's one fear that I've had since I was probably in middle school. And it seems to me that dream is like it at the time it probably would feel like you are going insane. Chris's dream? Yeah. Like you are immersed in this weird bass noise with weird noises yeah. dragging you down. Well, and, and you kind of interrupted my point earlier, too. <laughs> but I was going to say this seems every time he has this dream, it seems to escalate. So at one point, I mean, he kind of alluded to his most recent dream. that He was like on the edge of hell or whatever, mm -hmm. possibly compared to Emily. It's kind of the same thing where like, you finally meet the face of your doppelganger when you're on your deathbed. So maybe it's going to escalate and escalate and escalate. And if you're to assume this is hell or something like that. Sorry, Chris, you may be going to hell. I don't know. But you'll find out on your deathbed, maybe. Yeah, yeah. UK, you want to uh, <laughs> go for waffles sometime? <laughs> well, it was just like my dream that I talked about in our first episode, too, where I'm afraid, like, on my deathbed, am I going to see that deer? Like, is it going to finally catch up to me in my dreams? I don't know. I don't know that I've ever had a dream where, or nightmare, where I'm anywhere other than Earth. Like, I've, I've never been in, like, a weird celestial plane or in hell or in heaven. I'm always, like, on a dank alley in Green Bay <laughs> or, like, somebody's basement or something. What does yeah, that well, say about me? Well, but you've never had a dream where you're falling? No. You've never had a dream where you're falling and you jerk yourself awake? I No, I have had, like, the hypnic jerk. You, you know, that feeling, like, the jerk yourself awake yeah. thing? Awake thing? But it's never been like because I feel like I'm falling in a dream. It's because I feel like I'm falling off my bed. Oh. I've, yeah, I've never had the falling dream. I have multiple times had the falling out teeth dream all the time. But that's still in dank green bay. Yeah, or, you know, like my <laughs> my bed. That is Well, we digress, though. Yes. That's a completely different story. And actually, that is definitely an episode I would like to visit someday is kind of analyzing different types of nightmares. But... Maybe someday in the future we can talk about that. Yeah. In the um, meantime, Chris, let us know if that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't have that dream again soon. I, I or do too. ever, really, honestly. Right. That sounds scary. Yeah, I would not like it. But if you would like to hear us talk about your spooky experience about anything, about right? anything, dreams, cryptids, aliens, ghosts, whatever you, you want. Send us a story about crimes if you want. As long as you. Don't mind them getting read out loud. Don't. And if you want to, <laughs> you can do, you can do crimes because we can say you're anonymous or whatever. If you don't want your name to be 
spoken. Uh, but send us a DM on any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or at NerdslothHQ. And you can email us at contact at Nerdsloth.com. We will be back in your ears next Friday for an episode by me. Yeah. And I have another one lined up, too. Yeah. So we'll order. We got a lot of spooks we coming got at you. spooky stocked. All right. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you will hear from us next week. And we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.